I'm going to connect information. Remember last week we talked about seal, S-E-A-L-E-D, seal with the Holy Ghost. Now, we have done three different things. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse number 13. I like where the Holy Ghost is picking apart this one verse from the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Uh, we taught one part on hearing God. We didn't name it hearing God, but we talked on it about hearing God. Then we came to the next place about believing God. Uh, and we have these things on the podcast. Now, once we got from the word believe in God, then we had to go to the next part. We haven't got the trust in, trust in God yet, but we want to show you what we talked about last week. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 and verse number 14 where we're going to start our teaching today. From the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and verse number 14. Talk to the Gentiles now. And whom also you trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Now, that word, uh, after you believe, the next part says you were sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we talked about that last week, and I hope you're enjoying that teaching. Uh, that's on our YouTube, on our podcast. All right? So now we want to move to the, that is not a finished deal. So I really can't get away from it, so I'm going to have to uh, uh, name it, not seal with the Holy Spirit. I want to give you the purpose of what I talked about last week, and it's called How the Lord Keeps Us. We don't want you to miss out on when God, what, what it means when he said God sealed us. That was last week. So I want to show you what it means. It means how the Lord keeps us. All right. So you need this one. So let's go to our subject today. That's going to be found in the book of Philippians chapter 4. Where we get our subject. We're going to name it. We gave you already. Now I'm going to show you where it's coming from. Philippians chapter 4. You and Ephesians go to the next book forward. And Philippians chapter 4, showing you how the Lord keeps us. Now, we're talking about our soul dominantly, and because he keeps our soul, he has to keep our flesh because we need our flesh for our souls to stay here. All right. So Philippians chapter 4, we're going to start reading with verse number 4. Philippians 4 and 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, when, when Paul gave this to them, it was a time where they were waiting for the coming of the Lord. I'm going to be talking about that in his own entirety, his own teaching, uh, uh, that verse 5. But because I'm not dealing with the noun, the Lord's at hand. I'm not dealing with that. Otherwise, if you read out the NLT, which we not, it said the Lord is coming soon. Now, that was 2,000 years ago. I don't know why people just can't believe that the Lord has already come because he never showed you he's coming to us. I'm going to give you a few more things in, in the day's teaching, but 
one day I'm just going to take my time and just do that, okay? But let's continue. Verse number six. Now he says to the church at uh, Philippi, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now remember, I gave you my subject already. How many can remember that? So when you look at this, can't you see he's telling them how the Lord keeps us? That's what you're supposed to see here. So he said, now be careful for nothing, see? All right, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God. Now remember, he's telling you how he keeps you. He's giving you the word. He does it by the peace of God. So here it is. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall do what? Do what? Keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So he's telling you how he keeps you. There he shows you, he keeps you with the peace of God. Now, let's give you a few verses there because I want to go to uh, show you something. I'm going to show you in today's, today's teaching how the Lord keeps Israel. Then I'm going to show you the next teaching after this, how the Lord keeps us. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, I was going to give you a little of that, but I'm, I'm not. I'm going to go straight to how the Lord keep Israel, because that's going to take the first service. That's how much word there is. How the Lord keeps Israel. Let's go to the Gospel of St. Uh, John, chapter 17. The, now, first we're going to show you. Now, remember, our teaching already is how the Lord keeps us. I'm just showing you first today's teaching, which is not going to be the heading of your tape. It's just going to be the, what I'm going to talk about is first we're going to show you how the Lord keeps Israel. All right. The teaching is how the Lord keeps us. How the Lord keeps us. All right. Now, I'm going to show you Israel, then I'm going to show you us the next service. All right. Now, if you, if you already got it, don't worry about it. How the Lord keeps Israel, it's okay. Because the next service is going to be how the Lord keeps us. All right, now let's go to it. Uh, John 17. How did the Lord keep Israel? Then we're going to show you how the Lord keep, kept us. John chapter 17, and we want to start reading with verse number 11. Let's go down there. I'm not going to be able to read all this. John chapter 11. John chapter 17, verse 11. All right. And now, we're going to come back to your camera. And now, John 17, 11. And now, I am no more in the world. Remember, Israel was a world. I'm no more in the world. But these are in the world. See, he's talking about location, okay? And I come to, the, come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thy own name. So he's telling you how he kept Israel. Let me say it again. Keep through thy own name. How did he keep them? All right. Keep through thy own name those whom thou hast past tense given us. So we're going to look at the past and the present. Keep through thy own name those whom thou hast past tense given me, that they all may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world... I kept them in thy name. So he's showing you, keep them in thy name. Now I'm leaving. I want you to keep them in your name. Now when, 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 when Paul, when 
when the Lord said, keep them in thy name, what is his name? All right, we're going to show you the scripture, the gospel, John chapter 5, verse 43. When, when, what is the father's name is what my question was going to be. You need to write this down. <clears throat> What's the father's name? See, when Jesus came, he said, I came in my father's name. Jesus is the father's name. That's why you got to know who you are. All right, the gospel of John chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse number 43. Because he's going to tell us here. John 5, 43, read. I am come in my father's name. Now, what is his father's name? Jesus. It's not hard when you realize what he's saying, see? So you need to put Jesus right there so you can understand. When, when the father came, the father came in the son, but he came in his own name. The, the, the father's name is Jesus, Okay. I am coming in my father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you shall receive. Now, he's talking about Moses, right, which, which that's what's happened already. Uh, but they really rejected Moses, too, because Mo, the ministry of Moses is parallel with the ministry of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Moses talked about Jesus. All right, but we'll see that a little later. All right, so we know that his name, his name is Jesus. So I came in my father's name. And he protected them in the father's name. So we got to understand that. Uh, so we go, when we see, when we see ours, we're going to know why God put us in Christ. I'm going to give you a little heads up. He put you in the name, right? But he put you not in the name Jesus, did he? He put you in the name of what? Right, so don't forget that because Therefore, if any man be where? In Christ. So we know where he put us at. All right. Now, last week I gave you a word, sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D. Uh, today I want to give you that again, uh, if, if, if there was anybody who didn't get it. And then I want to give you the, another word called preserved. Because how the Lord keeps us is he preserved us. So you have to understand, how, you're going to learn about preserving today. In, in people who are in the, on the farm, and I'm quite sure Sister Terribia, she probably knows that. She's, she's a farmer. She got her own farm, her own garden, her own village, seemed like over there. But anyway, the word sealed. As a matter of fact, I also want to thank God for our sisters because she take care of all of our flowers here. All right, so give it up. Amen. So when you come here in the morning time and see all the beauty out there and stuff, that's who do that right now, Sister Terribio. All right, now, the word sealed, let me give you that first. The word sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, means ownership. We gave you that last week. So when, when God sealed you with the Holy Spirit, it means what? He owns you. So that's why you got to make sure you have the Holy Spirit. If you don't, Romans 8, verse 9 and 10 say you are not a his. And that's why I keep saying it's not a game. All right. The word sealed means identification. This is how he identifies who you are. All the heavenly angels know who you are because you have the Holy Spirit. You have that seal. All right. Now, let's move on. It means also security. 
I gave you three things. I know last week I gave you a lot of more stuff, but I just want to give you the key now. Ownership, identification, security, protection. Put that one down. Protection. Because you got that seal, what did, he, what did he do? He protects you. Everything, you got to really get this. He, and he guards you. You are guarded. You're never by yourself. He guards you. He protects, I'm going to add my name, is that okay? Us, we, all right. He, 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 put, he guards us. He protects us. He, he is our security. He, he is our identification. He, we are his ownership. Now, let me show you one more, and that's the Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. The Gospel of John chapter 10 and verse 28 and 29. Because you have that seal, you will never perish. John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. This is what this meant when they asked him that. Two things. They said, you'll never perish and no man will be able to pluck you out of his hand. That means we are in the Father's hand. John chapter 10, uh, verse 28 and 29. He was talking about my sheep, hear my voice. And then verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life. And so that's what you have because you have that seal. Because you have it, the Holy Spirit, you, he, he automatically gives you eternal life. That's, that's, that's what you have. Once you leave this body, you got another. When I say eternal life, you got another glorified body. All right. That don't have to grow up. All right. Now watch this. He gives you eternal life and they should never perish. So you have to understand, because you have the seal, because Christ is in you, you'll never die. You'll never perish. Now, you got to understand, he's talking about separation from God. So you'll never be separated from God. So what, whatever happens, you go from, like, like a snap of a finger, from that body into God's presence. You'll never see death. You'll never see hell. You'll never see none of that. Somebody ought to clap a little bit in here. And then he said to them, he said, Now my father who has given to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So that's why you are in the father's hand. Say that with me. I am in my father's hand. Right. And so you got to always, that's why you have that, that security. See, the father's hand is the Holy Spirit. You are in the Holy Spirit. You are in Christ. And nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's, that's what that means. Your soul is secured. It's preserved. Let me give you some definition for this word preserved. Uh, you're kept safe. Preserved means kept safe from all harm. Your soul is kept safe from all harm, all injury, all destruction. The word preserved means you are fully protected. The word preserved us, he preserves us. He preserves our soul. He keeps us alive. See, that's why he puts you in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. When he puts you in Christ, he made you alive. He keeps you alive. That's what it means to be preserved. He keeps us from decay. Keeps us from danger. All that stuff. All right, you got to always 
That's why we have to always be thankful. When God gave you the Holy Spirit, man, I tell you, you, you are preserved. That's why I read you Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Right. Let your moderation be known to all men. Why? The Lord is at hand. That's what he was talking about. The Lord is near. But, but, but it's better than that for you. The Lord is in you. Yeah, see, the Lord was near to come <clears throat> for them. The Lord was nearly coming for them. He was coming soon, NLT says. So, so you're not waiting for him to come. He's already in you now. You already sealed. Now, I'm going to show you how they had to be sealed. So that's how you understand the difference between your salvation and their salvation. All right. Now, uh, let's go to Exodus chapter 12. The book of Exodus chapter 12. Now, I'm not going to read all that stuff in verse 1, Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to get right to the, where I need to go because i got a lot to do. Uh, Exodus chapter 12. In the book of Exodus chapter 12, you go, I'm giving you what happened to Israel. And my key is how the Lord kept them. Because I'm going to show you how the Lord keeps you. Matter of fact, I told you, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So I gave you the answer already, but I'm going to show it to you. So in Exodus chapter number 12, uh, I'm going to show you how God kept them. And I'm going to show you one of the reasons why we do not do bread on the table. It's a type and a shadow of Christ himself. Okay, but God kept them. And I'm going to show you the purpose of Passover. The purpose of you taking the Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, uh, and I'm going to start reading uh, with verse number 11. Because they had to eat, eat the, the lamb first. We're going to go to verse 11 and start there. It says, And thou shalt eat it with your lawns girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. You're going to eat it in haste because it's what the Lord's Passover. Say it with me. It's the Lord's Passover. So when, when people are still eating bread off the table, what are they eating? They're eating the Lord's Passover. Now I want to ask you a question. Who is the Lord's Passover? Exactly. Can't you see why you don't do that? Because Christ is the Lord's Passover. Let me show you that. 1 Corinthians 15, 7. Let's do that too. 1 Corinthians 15, 7. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. See, they, they ate the, the, the lamb because it was a real lamb. See, in the new covenant, everything you do is spiritual. Everything they did is natural. Come on, say that with me. Everything they did was natural. Everything you do is spiritual. Right, so everything we do is spiritual. That's why we have one word. What's it called? Faith. Remember, that's why you have faith. They didn't have faith in no covenant. Let me say it again. They did not have faith in the old covenant. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy uh, uh, 3220, isn't it? Children in whom there was no faith. See, they didn't have faith in the old covenant. You have faith in the new covenant because everything is invisible. They saw Jesus Christ. You don't see Jesus Christ. How are you going to know what they know? 
You got to have faith. Once again, I keep saying that's why you have faith. Come on, so that's why we have to have faith in the new covenant. Because everything is invisible. Right, you don't see nothing in the new covenant. You just got to believe the word. So that's why when people tell you to do something, that means you are under what? Law. See, I'm just trying to get you to understand. You don't see nothing. Do nothing in the new covenant but hear and believe. All right. Now we're showing you, first of all, we gave you Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Told you how that happened. You heard the word of truth, Ephesians 1, 13. After you believe, after you first heard, after you believe, then God sealed, S-E-A-L, you with the Holy Spirit. So now I'm going to show you how God sealed Israel first, how he sealed them. Here it is, Exodus chapter 12, showing you why we don't eat the bread off the table. Why? Because, here it is, Exodus chapter number, uh, Exodus 12, 11 first. Then I'm going to come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. That's where we're at. All right, so Exodus chapter 12, and thou shalt eat it, talking about eat the Passover, because they had a real lamb cooked. Remember that? A real lamb cooked. So you're going to eat the Passover with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Say it with me. It is the Lord's Passover. Then I ask you a question. Who is the Lord's Passover? Right. So the lamb in the Old Testament was a real lamb. That's why they had it on the table. That's why they ate it. Right? Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 7. Let's see who the Passover is in the New Covenant and show you why we do not eat the bread off the table no more. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Read it. Purge out therefore, are you there yet? 1 Corinthians 5, 7, read it. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you, as you are unleavened. Somebody said, we are unleavened. Right. For even Christ, come on, read. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So who is our Passover? Right. So when the Bible said it is the Lord's Passover, what did he mean? It was a type of Christ. Can you see that? It's the Lord's Passover. Now you know who the Lord passed. Type and a shadow of what you do in the New Covenant. They did everything naturally. That's the difference in you and your covenant. They did not have faith. So that's why in the New Covenant, the Bible said, without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So you cannot... Be, be pleasing to God without faith. Can't you see they could not please God in the old covenant? All right, Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 20. We're going to put that on the screen. We're going to read that together. Deuteronomy chapter 32 uh, and verse number 20. Here we go. And he said, I would hide my face from them. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about in the new covenant when they came here uh, during the times of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he told you they forgot their rock in verse number 18. All right. And so Jesus says, I would forget, I would hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, 
for they are a very fraudulent generation. They are children in whom there is what? No faith. They are a fraudulent generation. Now, when Jesus Christ ministered to them, that's what he said to them. He called them a perverse generation. Old generation of what? Vipers. He called them all that. Because that's why, because they had no faith. You didn't get faith until the Lord went to Calvary. All right, let me show you that. That's, uh, that is Galatia. In Galatia chapter 3, and we're going to look at two verses. Matter of fact, let's just start reading verse 21. We'll see it all. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 21. See, they didn't have faith in the old covenant. That's why you, you keep, people keep saying you, you're trying to seek, going to see the Lord and he come. Listen, they had to see him. Every eye had to see them in the old covenant because they didn't have faith. All right. Okay, verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, uh, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, Remember, righteousness which have been by the law. Remember the word righteousness and life is the same word. All right, verse number 23, 22 now, right? Read with me. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ may be given to them that believe. See, they couldn't get the promise in the old covenant. They, they saw it, but they couldn't get it. All right, because they had to do what? It was given to them that believe. That's why I'm saying, are you following me? All right, verse number 23. But before faith came. See, you need to look at this real good. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. That's what Israel was, why they were kept under the law, because they didn't have no faith. All right, they were shut up unto the faith, which should afterward be what? Revealed. That's why the faith you have had to be what? Right. You cannot, you cannot be saved by the confession of your faith. The faith you have had to be what? Don't forget that. Now you want to write down Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'm going to show you how it's revealed. So when I tell you something, I'm not just telling you something. I'm telling you what I had to learn. That's how you know the difference that you're not, you're not saved by the confession of your faith. The faith you have had to be revealed. All right. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Can you see what the law did? Brought, us, brought them to Christ so they could be justified by faith. Here we go. Verse 25. But after Come on, read. But after that, the, that faith is come. See, now faith is, has come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. See, you're not under the law no more because we have faith. How many can you see what I just said? Say, I'm, say that's why we're not under the law no more. Because faith has come. Right. Now, for we are all the children of God now by by faith in Jesus Christ. All right, now let's go show you that one verse, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 17. Show you why faith had to be revealed. That's why when people do not preach the gospel of Christ, guess what? 
Faith cannot be revealed. See, you can go to this church all you want, but if I never preach Christ, you will never get faith. See, that's why people confessing you, Romans 10, 9 and 10, is talk about the confession of your faith. This faith is not yours. It's the faith of the Son of God. And when your gospel of Christ is preached, that's how you get the faith of the Son of God. Romans chapter 1, verse, 6, uh, verse 15. Let's start verse 15. Romans 1, 15. Watch what Paul says. So much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you also as wrong. Why was he so encouraged? Because that would be the only way they would get faith. All right, verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that do one thing. What is it? Believe it to the Jew first or to the Greek. Then he says, because they're in, because this is how the righteousness of God is what? Reveal. What is faith? See, I got you. Faith is the righteousness of God, but it's revealed. Your faith is what? Reveal. Reveal. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from what? From faith to faith, and it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. So when you preach Christ, what happens? Faith is revealed. So that's why I gave you Galatians 2.16, Galatians 2.20. We have the faith of the Son of God. Same faith that he operated in. That's what we have. All right? Not our faith. Now look at Romans 10 and see the difference. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10. Are you there? Romans chapter 10, verse 9, start verse 8, start verse 8. Romans 10 and 8, 8 9, 10. There we go, read. But what saith that the word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is what? The word of faith which we preach. Watch what it says. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. See, you, you had to confess Jesus in thy heart. God, that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be, future tense, be saved. That's what he's talking about, the wrath, saved from the wrath to come. Verse 10 says, with the heart man believeth on the righteousness. And then it says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you have to understand. Let me read that out of NLT. Same, same three verses. Romans chapter 10, while you're there, can you switch it over to the NLT? Romans chapter 10. Uh, and verse number 8, 9, 10. We're going to do that on the screen for you. I want you to watch the screen if you don't have your NLT Bible with you. Romans chapter 10, verse 8, 9, and 10. Hope I didn't give you a heart when there. Okay, we know we got people who are in their training time. You're already there in Romans chapter 10, 8, 9, 10. Just seeking you switch it over to the NLT. All right, I'm coming to your camera, ma'am. Romans chapter 10, uh, verse number 8, out of the NLT. Okay, I'm, just, I'm waiting on you. I know it's Romans chapter 10, verse 8, 9, 10, out of the NLT. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. There we go. And that message is the very, are you reading? Come on, read with me. And that message is the very message about what? 
Is it hard for y'all to see that? Would you read with me? All right. Let's go back over again. In fact, it says, I'm going to read that with you. That way I know you can read it. Come on. In fact, it says the message is very close at, at hand. It's on your lips and in your heart. And that message is a very message about what? That's not, that message ain't about Christ. See, when I read you Romans 1.16, it says the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That didn't say the gospel of Christ. It said a message about faith. All right? That we preach. Keep going. If you open and declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's future tense. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Wait a minute. Do you get it? Now, I know I go over this all the time because one of these days you're going to get it because I'm not going to stop till you get it. I told you Romans 4.25, you are how you are justified. If you would just take notes, write down what I tell you, write by this verse. You should put on right there, I am justified because God raised Jesus from the dead. Not by my confession. See, if you just do like I tell you, one of these days, I don't know how long I'm going to be sitting here. I've been in ministry 44 years and I have not heard many people tell me how to be saved. Don't play around with your salvation. Put it back up there again. For it is by believing your heart that you are made right with God. We're going to go to Romans 4.25 next. Now remember this verse. It is by believing your heart that we are made right with God. Then it says, and it is by opening, declaring your faith that you are saved. Now, the, the other ones say you shall be saved, but let's keep going. Okay, you already did 8, 9, 10, that quick. Okay. Now let's go to Romans 4 and 25. You already in the NLT. I don't know, can you do it, still do it there in Romans 4, 25? Or if you switch back over, it's okay. Either one of those. All right. But if you got Romans 4, 25, NLT, I take it. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. The last verse in Romans chapter 4. There we go. All right. Read up here. Look up here. Hello. He was handed over to die because of our sins. But he, but he was raised to life to do what? To make us right with God. So if he raised from the dead to make us right with God, then how in the world we made right with God by our confession? See, if you take the Bible instead of the word of God, this is what I do all day. One o'clock this morning, I'm up praying for you. Your eyes and your understanding be enlightened that you'll watch less TV and more word. All right. All right. Now let me get my message. Now, let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 12. You have an advantage over, the, over, my television, over our television audience. You have an advantage. But let me tell you something. Those people are getting the word. So don't be sitting right here under the word and don't get the word. All right. I got, a, I got a guy sitting over here with that blue on. He's from Atlanta. 
He, he goes to this church. I'm still his pastor. That's our electrician for a month. But you talk to him sometime on why he's so glad to be here for, the, for, the, for this month. His name is Rap. You get a chance. He, he told me, I told him before he left, he's going to get kicked out of churches. You get a chance to ask him. Because he asked some questions. And they don't want that. There's one, one church we just sit and watch online. Want to make sure that you can sell all the gummies, marijuana gummies, whatever they call them, at his church. Because we got all this land, so we might well do it. That's what most churches are going to. Selling, I forget these, these, these pretty names they got, but they still dope. You will be doped up. Don't make no difference. You chew one of those gummies, you out of here. But that's what I'm saying. But that's what people are going to. Now, that's what I keep saying to you. If you are not saved, you're going to be with that. Because you don't have the power to keep you from that. That's what me and him rejoice now, because we already been out there. So we were able to make it in. So now we can look at them, how they're being deceived. See, it's just candid to them now. It's just a little gum. It's just, you know. You don't have to have a scent. And the man said, I won't tell you his name. You look it up sometime, he'll be out there because he's in the spotlight. His whole thing was, I want all people who do drugs to come to my church. Because he got something for them now. Well, you'll get that later. Am I lying, brother? <laughs> right, okay, let's move on. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. See, people going like, well, what, what about us? Well, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're going to be out there with them. Because it's going to be an easy fix. See, people want to be high and saved at the same time. You got to make a decision. All right. He preserves you. He keeps you. Don't forget what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about how the Lord keeps us. So you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to end up getting high on your life or you're going to believe God to keep you safe. I never forget when I said to God, I didn't lie to him. I told him I liked, I liked it because it kept me mentally secure. I didn't have to worry about nothing because I was I, I buzzed out all day. Didn't have to worry about nothing. But that's not how I wanted to be. When God told me he wanted me to do this, I, my, what I said to God was this. I will minister your word forever. I just don't want to be a phony. Because if I'm sitting up here high, ministering to the people, I am a hypocrite. I'm telling you what the Lord would do, and I don't believe he'll do it for me. No way I'm going to live that life. If he's God... I'm going to live for him. 
and he's God. If he's God, he'll take care of you. If he's God, he will keep you. But let me show you something. Let me show you something. Hold, hold right there. Let me show you one of my keeping you verses. This is what I got for you. Book of Jude. Right before you get to the book of Revelation, there's a book called Jude. And I want to show you something. Uh, on, on, this is coming out anyway today, so I'm going to let it out to you now. Verse 24 and 25. I want you to mark this in your Bible. See, the Lord keeps us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, man, there are many nights I go to bed, my alarm is not on. I have gotten up and went outside the front door open. Unlocked, not open, but unlocked. We used to keep a bar, a bar in our window, in our patio. Many days I'm going to, oh my God, the bar ain't there. But guess what God did? He kept, I remember one night I went, we went to bed, I was looking for my keys. Somebody can testify. I was looking for my keys and they still in the front door. Come on, come on, come on, talk. But God kept me. Something when somebody could have walked in your house, got all your keys. But the Lord, see, them, them days like that, man, them times like that. All right, we get in a hurry, we're carrying groceries in, everything. We, Jude 24 is where we're at. Last two verses. Jude, verse 24 and 25. Watch what this word said coming to your camera, my sister. Jude, last two verses in the book of Jude, verse 24 and 25. Now to him that is able to keep, that verse is, is able to keep you, number one, from falling. And to present you faultless. Now the next service, I'm going to show you what that means in NLT. We're just going to do it this way today. Now to him that's able to keep you from falling, present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now forever. Amen. Can somebody give him praise in this house? I'm talking about if you believe, if you know he keeps you. That's what I'm talking about. If you don't believe he keeps you, just go on about your business. But I'll just, I, just the other day, I just went to Sam. I left my house and went to Sam. It's, I'm talking about I just went to Sam, turned around, got gas. but nobody in line. Got gas and come right back out, and there's a total crash with three automobiles on my left-hand side where I just passed through. And the Lord, I got on my camera. I'm going like, look at here. I just passed here, went right into Sam, turn around, come right back out. There's a three car. Here's, a, here's the ambulance and police is on their way. That's how quick it just happened. Couldn't have been me. See, just like, you, you, you just got to understand, have flashback. Man, that could have been me. That big truck ran across, on across the, the, the thing and towed that car up. I was on my way to work last week. Right here in the driveway, coming off South Boulevard, Martin Luther King was sorry. At the intersection of the Iowa Street, the trucks that just came out over there, I don't know what happened, but he was halfway out in the road. Somebody had hit him. Bam. Two cars in a big truck. I'm on my way to church. The people flagging us to go around. See, it's happened. See, I just, I just, I just took a little moment there. Took a little moment there and said, Lord, thank you again. 
I, I need somebody to clap their hands one time against the Lord. The Lord keeps me. I don't want to get cool on God. I know who keeps me. So the Passover, we're just going to do Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 and 13 now. That's where we're at. Exodus chapter 12, we read verse 11. It's the Lord's Passover. So Exodus chapter 12 and verse 12 and 13 says, I would, this is what God says. He told them to put blood, lamb's blood. Now remember, all this was type and shadow of Christ's blood in the new covenant. So, because that's how he keeps us, right? For I would pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite, because it's time for his wrath. I will smite the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both male and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. Remember, it was judgment. It was the same way it was uh, in the days uh, when Christ came. That's where he came. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Remember, it's the Lord's Passover. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So what protected them from the, the death angels and all of the wrath of God? What protected them? The lamb's blood. Don't you? Not blood. The lamb's blood. All right. But this is a physical lamb that they had cut open and poured the blood in a basin and put it on their doorpost. It was a lamb blood. It protected them. Why? Because that's what sealed them from danger. The word sealed means what? Protection. Remember, I gave you a lot of words, sealed, ownership, identification, security, protection. So you got to know what God was doing when he did that. What was the purpose of the Passover? It was to protect them, guard them, keep them. So when the wrath of the Lord was poured out, it wouldn't, it wouldn't touch them. See, you got to know what being saved all about and what saved you. That's why if I, was, if I was believing in water baptism right now, I'd change my mind, sir, because water cannot keep nothing from me. It's an awesome thing when you think water is going to keep, keep powers of darkness off of you. All right, you've been misinformed. All right, now let's go to the next one, and that's the book of Judges. We're going quickly. I got 10 minutes, so I got I to gotta run Judges chapter 10. I'm going to show you the four different places with Israel. And we'll pick up where we leave off and go into our salvation. Judges, if you're in the beginning, you'll keep going. You know you've got, uh, you got to have judges before you can have Ruth. You, you couldn't have judges until you, after you had. Uh, well, after Joshua came judges. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Uh, chapter number 10, Judges, chapter 10. We're just going to look at verse 6 and 7. I'm gonna, I want you to do all the way to verse 16, but I'm not going to be able to read it all. Judges, chapter number 10, and we're going to start reading verse 6. It says, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. They served Balaam, Asherah, the god of the, uh, Syria, the gods of Sidonia. The gods of Moab, the gods of the children of Ammon, the gods of the Philistine. They forsook the Lord and they served him not. Remember, he started, started off telling you all these gods that Israel served. And watch what they did in verse 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against, uh, was hot, that would kindle hot against Israel. 
And watch this. He sold them into the land of the Philistine, into the hands of the children of Ammon. That's why he had to redeem them. See, because he sold them, okay? Uh, verse number eight says, and that year, and that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel. This is what the enemy did to them. 18 years. God let them stay there how long? 18 years. All the children of Israel was on the other side of Jordan in the land of Amorite, which is in Gilead. God sold them over there. And they, he let them stay 18 years because they didn't want him. See, people don't realize this ain't no game. The children of Israel in verse, in the, in verse number 10 says, we're going to skip down to verse 10. The children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Yeah, I know. And saying, we have sinned, you so did. We sin against you because we have forsaken a God of that, and served Balaam. And the Lord God said to the children of Israel, did I not deliver you? Watch what he's going to tell them. Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians? Yeah, you brought them out of Egypt. Did I deliver them from the Amorite? Mm-hmm. Did I deliver you from Ammon? Uh-huh. Did I deliver you from the Philistines? Uh-huh. Then from the Zidonians and the Amalekites and the Moabites. I delivered you from all these people. And watch in verse 13, yet... You have forsaken me and served other gods whereof I will deliver you no more. You, that's why you ought to be glad you're under grace. Amen. See, God has never said that to you. See, people do not understand when you're serving God, God's a jealous God. He don't want, he's not going to divide you with nobody. You're going to have to be all healed. Ain't no be no dividing. All right. And then in verse number 14, he says, Go and cry unto the, your gods. That's what he told him. I'm not going to deliver you. Go cry to your God, which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. So you got to understand something. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do thou unto us whatever you see me right. Uh, we're going to put away, we're going to put away our strange God. That's what they've been saying. So God let, let's go to the next, Ezekiel chapter 9. They haven't changed. Ezekiel chapter 9. Now, if you get a chance to read Ezekiel chapter 8, because I can't. I don't have enough time. In Ezekiel chapter 8, you're going to see what, what, what they did wrong in chapter 8. Now, God already left these people, already, uh, they had carried everybody into Babylon. If you ever saw this Nebuchadnezzar, they already took them into Babylon. But he left the remnant there, the old people there, the children. He left them there. That's why you have chapter 8. So God is going to let his prophets see what they're doing back home because he's crying out to God for Israel and he's weeping and, and God's going to say, okay, let me, let me show you something, boy. Look, look at, look at uh, chapter 8 first. Look at chapter 8. Now they did this here in the temple where God was looking. <coughs> Remember, you the temple now, you know what I mean? Where God in the temple looking at what you're doing. Okay. Now, uh, in verse 3, we're in chapter 8, verse 3. Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 3. And he put forth the form of a hand, and he took me by the lock of my head. The Spirit of God lifted me up between the earth and heaven. He's talking about when I was in Israel in captivity. And brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem. 
to the door of the inner court and look towards the north. There's a big seat of image of jealousy which provoked the Lord to jealousy. These people set up all their images and bow down to other gods. You think the Lord pleased with that? No, he's not. And then the Bible for in verse 4, Behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, just like he's in you. He sees everything you do according to the vision I saw in the plain. And watch what's going to happen. In verse number 5 said they had the image of jealousy. Verse 6 said, he said furthermore to me, Son of man, do you see what they do here? Even the great abomination that the house of Israel committed here, that I shall go forth from my sanctuary? But turn yet again, I'm going to show you great abominations. He brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole, and he said, look, go in that hole. When I went in that hole, there was a door. So he said, go, look in there, go in. Verse number 10, we down here, verse 10 now. So I went in, I saw, behold, every form of creeping thing, abominable beast, all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall. They got their own gods they worshiping. And watch what he said. And then I saw, here it is, all these old men, the ancient of the house of Israel, in the midst of them. There the king is, Shaphaz, Jehazaniah, Every man got his sense in his hand and cloud, smoke. They smoking dope. You think they're doing it. That's what they're doing. Then said he unto me, son of man, have you seen this, what the ancient of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in his chamber and his imagery, they said, well, the Lord don't see us. The Lord, don't, the Lord have forsaken us. Watch this. Let's go down and look at this. Now you get to chapter 9. So all this they think. Now look at verse chapter 9. We're going to start chapter 9, verse 1. He cried also in my ears with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charged over the city. Well, who do you think that is? The angels. See, the angels are, are, have charge over city. Charge over you. Remember that? If you in Christ, angel got charge over you. Angel had charge over Israel. Watch this. He said, look. Six men came from the way of the high gate, which lie toward the north, and every man had a slaughter weapon in his hand. He said, bring, bring me the, bring them here. They already got the weapon, but I'm going to turn it up on them. And then verse number two says, six men. Every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And then there was one man among them was clothed with linen, had a writer's ink horn. They're going to walk together to Jerusalem. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the chariot where he, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called the man clothed with the, ink, with the linen, which had the, ink, the writer's ink horn by his side. And the Lord said to him, look, you, I want you to go throughout the city, through the midst of Jerusalem. I want you to set a mark, there it is, upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations. And then I, I want the other, other angels that follow him I want you to follow this man. Go after him. I want you to smite everybody that don't have the mark. Utterly slay them all if they don't have the mark. But verse number six says, but don't come near anyone that got the mark, beginning at my sanctuary. Start with the old men that's in the, it's in the sanctuary. Watch what it says. And verse number eight says, And it came to pass that while they were slaying them, I was left and I fell upon my face and I cried unto the Lord, said, O God, wilt thou destroy all the residue 
And remember, Jesus said, if it was, if it was possible that, that he would destroy the very elect, this is what he's talking about. See, this is prophesied of what when Jesus came. And verse number nine says, then he said to me, the iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is very great. All right. And verse number 10 says, and as for me and my eyes and I spare, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense their way upon their own heads. And verse 11 says, and behold, the man clothed with the linen, which had the ink pen, uh, ink horn by his side, reported the matter saying, I have done as thou hast. Now you got all the people dead, but the one that's had the mark. Let's go show you that because that's the last one. Uh, I'll pick up on another one, but I got to show you this. Revelation chapter 7. This is where this was fulfilled. Revelation chapter 7. See, this is not a game. This really, really happened. Revelation chapter 7. When you start verse 1, you will see, After these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that blew up, <clears throat> that the wind should not blow up on the earth and upon the sea nor the tree. Now you just had chapter 6. In chapter 6, you just had the seven seals open and the four horses released upon the earth. That's already happened in chapter 6. You had the white horse, you had the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse. They already released upon the earth and every one of them brought something disastrous upon the earth. So that happened in chapter 6. You had people dying for their testimony. And verse number uh, 9 says, and, and, and after he, when he had opened up the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony with their hair. They had been killed, persecuted, head cut off. Verse 10, and they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, doth thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? White robes were given to them, every one of them, and it was said to them that they should rest yet a little season. All right, now in chapter 7, you will see this happen in chapter 7 where now he's going to seal them. I'm talking about the elect. Verse 1, And after these things I saw four angels stand on the four corners of the earth that the wind should not blow upon the earth, upon the sea. And I saw another angel descend from the east. Here it is, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice uh, to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth. And the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have, there it is, sealed the service of our God in their foreheads. I'm going to show you what they put in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed and hundred and forty and four thousand of all of the tribes of the children of Israel. That's who they sealed. Look at Romans, Revelation chapter 9, 4. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 4. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither the green grass, neither the tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. See, this was fulfilled Ezekiel chapter 8 and, uh, eight and 9. Let's go to Revelation uh, uh, chapter number I just gave you Revelation 7 first. Let's go to Revelation chapter 14 for time's sake, and we are done. Revelation chapter 14. See, you have to understand that happened in the book of Revelation. That's what I'm saying. See, people don't understand. They keep saying, oh, the Lord is coming. Look, you tell all them dead folks the Lord is coming. After I look and lower lamb, and with him 144,000, having 
His father's name. How many know his father's name? That's why it's so very important. John 5, 43. John 5, 43. They have his father's name written where? Come on now, now you, you read it. Where is it? It's in their forehead. So when he sealed the children of Israel, he put the name Jesus in their foreheads. That's how they were sealed. The next service, you're going to find out how you were sealed because I can't go no faster, no further at this time. Come on, stand up on your feet. That's how you were sealed. You were not sealed with the name Jesus. See, that's where their salvation was in the name of Jesus. God sealed them with the name Jesus. So when any of the angels saw the name Jesus in their forehead, they know they belong to God. They were of the 144,000. All were sealed with the name Jesus. That's why you got to know what you were sealed with. Come on, get a lot of great big hand with you. First Corinthians chapter number 15. So I hope you don't miss next service because I want to show you how you were sealed. If you don't have the seal, then you know what's going to happen to you, what could happen to you. See, people are going like, well, what's our punishment? If you die and go to hell, is that enough? Is that enough punishment to die and go to hell for eternity? This is not a game. There, there's no, uh, I think I'll come out for a weekend. No. You'll be there for eternity. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, wherein you stand by which also you are saved. Didn't tell you you're going to be saved. You are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. How? Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that God raised Jesus from the dead the third day according to the Scripture. If your faith is in Christ, death, death, and resurrection, that's who you trust in for your salvation, then God has given you the Holy Spirit, so that means you have been sealed, you have been preserved, forever. Eternal life is yours. That's your destination. Get a lot of great big hands. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open. The door of faith is open unto Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.